الرحمن المجيد والفرقان الحميد رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله اختارني واختار لي أصحابي وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected ulama, my brothers Every person in life wants the very best that he is able to acquire If a person is getting married he looks for the best wife that he can get married to When he is acquiring a car then with the money that he has he looks for the very best that he can get Similarly when he is looking for a house when he is buying an item of clothing a person always wants the very very best And we are so fortunate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without us being worthy of it, without us deserving it. Allah Ta'ala has created us in the best of ummah. Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas. And Allah Ta'ala has blessed us to be from the ummah of the greatest of all the Rasuls of Allah, alayhimu salatu wa salam, Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us that he is the imam of all the anbiya in this dunya and the akhirat. Every nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who came to this world had to bring iman in the prophethood, in the risalat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we can imagine the great status of Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he mentioned to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, that if Hazrat Musa alayhi salam had to be here, lama wasi'ahu illa tiba'i, then even Nabi Musa alayhi salam would have to follow me if he was here in my time. So from all the Rasuls and all the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is undoubtedly the greatest. And then from all the followers of all the Rasuls and Anbiya, the greatest of all followers were undoubtedly the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. It is mentioned in the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked in the hearts of the entire creation and after the hearts of the Anbiya salam, the greatest of hearts were the hearts of the Sahaba. So Allah Ta'ala divinely selected them to be the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in the Mubarak hadith when he said, Inna Allah akhtarani. Indeed Allah Ta'ala divinely selected and chose to be his Rasul, to be the greatest of all mankind. Ali ashabi. And likewise Allah Ta'ala hand-picked divinely selected and chose my sahaba for me. In other words, the sahaba radiallahu anhum were not blessed with that maqam just coincidentally. Rather, the sahaba radiallahu anhum were handpicked by Allah Ta'ala. A simple example, when we used to be in school and the PE period used to come. So I well remember the teacher used to select two boys to be captains of teams, whatever game it was the class was playing. And then each one gets a turn to pick the members of his team. So we can remember how it worked out. They would look at who's the best sportsman and they would choose, I want him in my team, I want him in my team. And then typically the last people to be chosen would be those people who were absolutely unathletic. They couldn't run to save their life. They couldn't kick a ball, they couldn't catch a ball, they couldn't do anything. So everybody would first choose those who were the best. Now we can imagine Allah Ta'ala chose for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who his Sahaba would be. Inna Allah akhtarani wa ali ashabi. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying Allah Ta'ala chose for me my Sahaba. Allah Ta'ala handpicked them from the entire creation, from the entire makhluk. Allah Ta'ala chose these are those special individuals who have those special hearts of gold, who have those special qualities in them. Those sublime qualities, that very special character, due to which they passed the grade by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala blessed them with that to be the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In one hadith, Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta akun ahabba ilayhi min walidihi wa waladihi wa nasi ajma'in. None of you has acquired perfect iman. None of you has acquired perfect iman until I am not more beloved to him. 
then his own father, and his own children, and all the other people combined. We all know the love of a child for the father. The father comes home, that young child comes running. The child waits the whole day for his father. The bond between father and child is an undeniable bond instilled in the heart from the, child, from the time of birth. But Rasulullah is saying, for a person to have the true and perfect iman, I must be more beloved to him than every other person. He must love me more than his mother, more than his father, more than every other person. Now every person professes and says, I have that iman. But the true declaration of that iman is seen at the time of the test. And the answer to the question is through a person's actions, not only through his verbal statements. And this is the test that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum all passed with flying colors. We find Hazrat Mus'ab bin Umayr radiallahu anhum, young Sahabi, absolutely affluent, living the life. His mother was very, very wealthy. Anything he wanted, she gave to him. He had the best of clothing, the best of perfume, the best hairstyle, the best shoes. He was the youngster in community, in society, that every other youngster aspired to be like. He set the trend. And then he goes and he accepts Islam. And now comes the crunch time. His mother tells him that I want you to leave out this deen. If you don't leave this deen and renounce and forsake Rasulullah wasallam, then I'm going to kick you out of the house. You will not get one penny from me. I will completely alienate you and ostracize you and boycott you. Imagine, raised in the lap of luxury, the love of the mother. A person thinks to himself, what am I going to lose here? I'll have nothing, I won't even have a house, I'll become homeless. But he made the sacrifice, why? Out of love for Islam and out of love for Rasulullah wasallam. This was the test of the mother. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, the greatest of this ummah. After Rasulullah wasallam. Once on one occasion, Hazrat Abu Darda radiallahu anh is walking in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in front of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa immediately stops him. That, oh Abu Darda, la tamshi amama man huwa khayrun mink. Do not walk in front of Hazrat Abu Bakr because he's greater than you. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that the sun has never risen or never set on any individual who is greater than Hazrat Abu Bakr after the Anbiya. Imagine in another hadith, in another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned, if the iman of the entire ummah has to be placed in one pan of the scale, Imagine in that pan we have the likes of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anh and Hazrat Usman radiallahu anh and Hazrat Ali and all the other sahaba, every other buzruk whoever came in this world, one pan of the scale. And the iman of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh placed in the other pan of the scale, his iman will outweigh everybody else's iman. This was because they had such love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So in the battle of Badr, it is mentioned that the son of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh at that time was not yet a Muslim. And he had come out to fight on the side of the kuffar. And during the battle, he came face to face with his father. And his sword was raised. He had his father at his complete mercy. But he thinks to himself, this is my father. So he lowers the sword and he spares his father. So years later, when he accepted Islam, he tells his father, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, do you remember that day when you were beneath the blade of my sword and you were at my mercy? But I spared you because you are my father. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh said, had the roles been reversed and had the tables been turned, if it was you under my sword, I would not have paid you. I would have killed you. Even though you are dared to come out against the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imagine what love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That even if my own son has to go against the Rasul of then he's not my son anymore. Rasulullah sallallahu comes first in my life. This was the Sahaba. The Muhaddisin mentioned that at the time when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh accepted Islam, he had 40,000 dirhams. That is how much of money he had. He was a wealthy man. But he had such love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he told Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my money is your money. You spend from it as you want. No hisab kitab, you don't need to ask me for permission also. You know, if a person has a wife that he loves very much, 
He'll give her another card linked to his account. No questions asked. She can buy what she wants. She can spend how she wants. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh dealt in, let Rasulullah sallallahu deal in his money like it was his own money. And all of this was for Islam. To the extent that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ma nafa'ani malu ahad, ma nafa'ani malu Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. Nobody's money benefited me. How much? The money of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anh benefited me for the sake of Islam. He gave the money to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that time when everybody else was skeptical. Imagine when when Islam started, at that time very few people were Muslim. You know, when something new starts, everybody is waiting to see, let's see how it works out. If it's working out, then we'll jump on board. Let him burn his fingers first. Everybody is skeptical. They don't know what are we getting into. Is it going to work out or not? Is it risky or not? So the Sahaba who brought Iman at that time were the greatest Sahaba. They are the Muhajirin. At that time, when outwardly nothing was working out, Everybody was against them. And they were only suffering and suffering persecution. They had to run to Abyssinia. Then they had to run here and there. They were being tortured left, right and center. At that time they brought Iman. That was the true test. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah ta'ala says in the Qur'an Majid, La yastawi minkum man anfaqa min ba'dil fathi wa qatil. Those sahaba radiallahu anhum who brought Iman, and they accepted Islam, and they helped the cause, they sacrificed their money, their life, everything. For Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before Fatih Makkah, they can never be equal to those who did so after Fatih Makkah. After the conquest of Makkah, now the gates of victory had been opened. Now everybody could see the glory and might and the esteem of Islam. Now everybody wanted to come and join. But before that, when times were hard, when there was persecution, when accepting Islam was almost guaranteed that now everybody is going to make me their enemy. Those people who accepted Islam at that time, that was the test. And Abu Bakr was the first to accept Islam from the men of the Sahaba. From all the men of the Sahaba, he was the first to accept Islam. And he gave all his money to Rasulullah to the extent that at the time of the Hijrat, from 40,000 dirhams, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu had 5,000 left. Now they're leaving on the hijrat. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi they're leaving. He leaves his wife and young children at home. He must have left food for them obviously. But whatever money he had, he took it with. He had to take the money with. Why? For the sake of deen and Islam. Now let us look at the iman of this sahaba. They love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That young daughter of his, Hazrat Asma radiallahu anha. They are not at all upset. They don't have any resentment in their heart. They have such love for Rasulullah that her grandfather comes, Abu Quhafa, at that time not yet a Muslim. And he was suffering, he had almost no eyesight. He comes and says, your father left, did he leave any money for you? So she says, don't worry, my father left us whatever we need. She takes some pebbles, she puts them in a pile, she puts a cloth over it. She takes the grandfather's hand, she puts it on the pile. She says, see, here's all the money. She says, okay, then I'm happy. She said, my father left no money for us. As we mentioned, he must have left the food, etc. But money he didn't leave. He had to take it for the sake of deen. She said, although he left nothing for us, I did this while usakina shaykh, so that my grandfather, at least his heart won't be worried about us. And now Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu is out, and there's a bounty on the Mubarak head of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's a bounty, hundred camels for the person who brings him dead or alive. Everybody wants to go and kill Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Suraqa bin Malik bin Jashim, not yet a Muslim at that time, he gets news that Rasulullah sallallahu is on a certain road. He immediately goes out to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, is so worried for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The hadith mentions at times he was walking on the right, at times he was walking on the left, at times in front and at times behind. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam notices this strange behavior. He asks him, oh Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, why do I see that at times you're walking in front, at times behind, at times on the right, at times on my left? He says, oh Nabi of Allah, I'm afraid for your life. 
At times I apprehend maybe there'll be a threat in front, so I come in front to protect you. Then I think maybe the threat will be at the back, so I go in the back. Then I think maybe somebody will attack from the right, so I go on the right, then I go on the left. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, Oh Abu Bakr, tell me, do you prefer that you must lose your life rather than any harm befall me? He says, most certainly, O Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Definitely, I would rather lose my life than anything happen to you. This was that iman of Hazrat Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. We return to the battlefield of Badr. Hazrat Qatada bin Nu'man radiallahu anhu, sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the Ansar. An expert archer, Rasulullah SAW gives him a bow, which was gifted to Rasulullah SAW and tells him, use this bow and protect the deen of Allah. He goes in front of Rasulullah wasallam, And he fires with that bow, he continues to fire arrows until that bow could not withstand the strain and the bow breaks. And now the, fire, the arrows begin to return in their direction. The enemy are firing at Rasulullah wasallam. One sahabi uses his Mubarak hand to stop the arrows before hitting the body of Rasulullah SAW. And his hand becomes crippled and paralyzed. But this Sahabi, when the arrows would come to Rasulullah SAW, he would not use his hand. He would put his own face in front of the face of Rasulullah SAW. Until an arrow strikes him on the cheek with such force that his eye pops out of his face. His eye is hanging on his cheek. The other Sahaba tell him, why don't you go to Rasulullah SAW and ask him to make dua for you. When Rasulullah SAW sees what the Sahabi has underwent, why? Because he has such love. He protected Rasulullah ﷺ with his own face and his own body. And then Rasulullah ﷺ made dua for him. Oh Allah, you forgive him. Oh Allah, you help. Did this out of love for me and to protect your deen. And then Rasulullah ﷺ takes that eye. Rasulullah ﷺ applies his Mubarak saliva to it. And restores it to his face. And Rasulullah ﷺ makes dua. Oh Allah, make this the more beautiful eye and make it the eye which has the better eyesight. The Sahabi says, this was the miracle of Rasulullah wasallam. This eye filled in. It is said that when he ever suffered with the illness of pink eye, the other eye would suffer, this eye would never go pink. And in the same battle of Uhud, had Amr bin Jamuh radiallahu anhu is a Sahabi. This Sahabi was, was, was quite lame. He had one leg that could not work properly. He, could, he was battling to walk. When the battle of Badr came, he wanted to go out. His children said, you are mazur, you don't need to go. You are not fit to fight. He must out. He was so sad that I must out the battle of Badr. When Uhud came, he wanted to go. His sons didn't allow him. He comes to complain to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that, Oh Rasul of Allah, I want to fight. I have this lame leg, oh Rasul of Allah. I have this lame leg of mine. I want Allah must give me martyrdom. I want Allah ta'ala must put me in Jannah with my lame leg and I must limp in Jannah too. Rasulullah sallallahu tells his sons, what harm is there if you let him go? Allah Ta'ala will perhaps grant him his wish. He goes out in the battle of Uhud, lame leg, and he's fighting, and Allah Ta'ala grant him his wish. He is martyred, his son is martyred, his brother-in-law is martyred. After the battle, his wife comes onto the battlefield with the camel, she loads three bodies on the back of that camel, her husband, her brother, and her son. As she's leaving the battlefield, she comes to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, Asa, what has happened? He does not say, Look at my father, uh, look at my brother, look at my husband, look at my son. The first words out of her mouth, Alhamdulillah, Rasulullah is okay and he's fine. As long as he's fine, I can handle any other calamity life throws at me. The Muhaddisin mentioned she was not the only one who uttered this remark. There were so many other women of the Ansar who lost fathers because 70 Sahaba were martyred. They lost fathers, they lost sons, they lost husbands, they lost brothers in the battle. But before inquiring about their own kith and kin, the first thing they would ask is, is the Rasul of Allah okay? Somebody would say, you know, you lost your father. Leave that. Is the Rasul of Allah okay? When they would be told that, yes, Alhamdulillah, he is okay. He survived the battle. Though he was wounded in Mubarak face, 
Then they would say, كُلُّ مُصِيبَةٍ بَعْدَهُ جَلَلُوا As long as he's okay, every other calamity we can bear. But that calamity we can't tolerate and bear. Now she wants to take the body of her husband to Medina to bury. But the camel refuses to leave the battlefield. She's trying to make the camel move, it does not move. The camel will walk in any direction, but does not move from there. They come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah said, did he make any dua before he came out to Uhud? He said, oh, Nabi of Allah, he made dua. He said, oh Allah, you grant me martyrdom. Do not let me go back home. I must leave my end day, day in Uhud. Rasulullah said, Allah Ta'ala accepted his dua. Alive he was there in Uhud. Now you're also in his death. Allah Ta'ala accepted his dua to such an extent that now he'll be buried in Uhud also. Imagine this was the love this Sahaba had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They gave the last drop of blood for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everything in their life was just Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallam come to Medina Munawwara. Sahaba radiallahu anhum have no water. Medina had almost no water. There was just one well of a Jew, the well of Ruma, to get the water. But this well was owned by a Jew. He was char- charging exorbitant amounts of money. It's an essential need. Everybody needs it. What choice do they have but to pay his price and suffer and get the water? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Who is there who will buy this well and donate it to the Muslims? But Usman radiallahu goes to the Jew. He says, I will buy it. He says, I only, I'll sell half the well to you. 12,000 silver coins, 12,000 dirhams he paid the well. So he asked the Jew, how do you want to go about? I bought half the well. Should we put two buckets? My bucket and your bucket? Or do you want to alternate days? So the Jew says, no, let's alternate days. But then Sahaba radiallahu anhu were intelligent as well. So the day when it was the turn of Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu, they would, nobody would buy any water from this Jew. He comes to Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu and says, now you spoilt my whole livelihood. Why don't you buy the other half? Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu buys it for, from him for 8,000 dirhams. Then Rasulullah sallallahu wants to extend Masjid Nabawi. He goes to a certain Sahabi who has the adjacent land, sell this land. The Sahabi says, oh Nabi of Allah, I need this land. Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu goes to him and he pays him an amount that is such that he can't refuse. Then he comes and tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi I have bought it and given it in the path of Allah. Rasulullah sallam promises him Jannah. Then there is a need to extend the haram in Makkah Mukarramah. Again it is Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu who comes. And he gives his money and he uses his own wealth to purchase that land and donate it for Islam. Rasulullah sallallahu on that occasion also is so pleased. Rasulullah sallallahu promises him Jannah. And then the battle of Tabuk comes. The battle of Tabuk was an extremely difficult expedition in the annals of Islam. There were so many tests at that time. Number one, the army that they were supposed to be fighting was such a huge army, such a strong army. And then it was the time when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum needed to harvest the orchards. If they missed the harvest season, all the kajur would go rotten on the trees. The whole crop would be lost. And then there was financial hardship also. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa making tashkeel. And who is there who, is, who will equip this army? Who is there that will equip this army for Islam? Harat Usman radiallahu anhu comes forward. He says, hundred horses with the saddles and all the equipment in the path of Allah from my side. Rasulullah is very pleased. Rasulullah makes tashkeel a second time. Hazrat Usman sends up a second time. O Nabi of Allah, another 200. Now it's 300 total. Then Rasulullah makes tashkeel a third time. O Nabi of Allah, another 300 horses with the complete saddlery. For us to just understand, for us to equate this to our time. A horse for the Arab was more valuable than a car for us today. A person has a car, it's a conveyance. A horse was their conveyance. A horse was also an investment for them. If a person had a horse and he looked after the horse, from two horses tomorrow you got three horses. And then he continues to grow. A person got two cars, after nine months he won't have three cars. So a horse was not just a mode of transport. A horse was an, inv- a horse was an investment. In others, you're liquidating your investment. It's like selling that property and giving it. You're not just giving the income, you're sacrificing the whole investment. 
He gave no less than 600 horses with the salary and complete equipment for this expedition of Tabuk. And then he comes afterwards and he fills the lap of Rasulullah with gold. Oh Nabi of Allah, thousand gold coins in a part of Allah. Rasulullah is so pleased with Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhu. The narration mentions Rasulullah took his gold coin and he's turning it in his hand. He's turning it in Mubarak hands. And he says, Hazrat Usman does not need to do anything after today to get his Jannat. After today, Hazrat Usman does not need to do anything to get his Jannat. In other words, this sacrifice that he has made, and what he has done on this occasion, this is sufficient to get Hazrat Usman on his Jannat. After the battle of Uhud was over, so many Sahaba radiallahu anhum were wounded. Seventy became shaheed. Many other Sahaba were grievously injured and wounded. Abu Sufyan had left the army of the Quraysh. As Abu Sufyan is leaving, the next day he thinks to himself that, you know, the Muslims had weakened them and I had turned the tables against them as we all know what happened in the battle of Uhud. He says, I should have just finished them off, man. I had them at my mercy. Why did I leave? So with this thought in mind, he decides, let me turn around and go back to, go back to Medina. And now I'll put an end to Rasulullah and Islam and the Muslims once and for all. And then he sees a certain person and he gives him the message also. He says, go to the Muslims and tell them I'm coming. Go make them scared. Go and sow the seeds of fear in their hearts. In the interim, Hazrat Rasulullah receives wahi from Allah Ta'ala. That this is what Abu Sufyan wants to do. He's turning around, he's coming back. So let us just imagine the scene at that moment. Sahaba radiallahu anhu just lost 70 of their brethren. It was such a battle where Hazrat Hamza radiallahu was made shaheed. In the most gruesome of manner, his body was mutilated. As we saw so many Sahaba, they lost their wives, the wives lost their husbands and fathers and brothers and sons. And now Rasulullah some comes and makes the elan. Just the next morning, they've barely recovered from this. We can imagine the morale must have been low. The himmat must have been low. The spirits would have been down. They had just barely bandaged their wounds. And Rasulullah some says, we need to go again. Right now, we need to march and go after Abu Sufyan. And Rasulullah says, only those Sahaba who fought in Uhud are allowed to come. Now imagine if it is you and I, we'll say, I already gave so much. What more you want from me? Look at me. My leg is half finished. My arm is half finished. My sword is blunt. My brother was killed. What more you want from me? But these Sahaba, they stood up. Those who could not stand, they told others, stand us up and carry us. And they came forward. We will answer the call of Allah and His Rasul. We will go again. Whatever is after of us, we will give everything for Allah and His Rasul and for Islam. Allah Ta'ala loved us so much. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran in Majid, Those who answered the call of Allah and His Rasul, they responded to that tashkil. After they were grievously wounded. For those of them who, had, who did good deeds and they had that true iman and taqwa is a very very great reward in akhirat. The Mufassirin mentioned under this hadith, Allah Ta'ala didn't only say because they responded to the call, that's why they're getting ajri azim, they're getting great reward. Allah Ta'ala said, Ahsanu minhum Because they had that high level of iman which reached the level of ihsan and because they had taqwa, that is why they could do this. Today a person is so strong, he has so much of money but for Islam he can't do anything because the iman is not there. But Amr bin Jamuh never had the leg also, but he had that iman, he could do everything. Allah Ta'ala is saying the reason why these Sahaba responded like this, the reason why despite being down and out, they could wake up for Islam, is because they had that iman and that love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all the true love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And nikah will be taking place now, inshallah. Inshallah we'll perform nikah, day after we'll perform our sunnah salah, inshallah. What's your name? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Brother Muhammad Salim Ismail.
get permission from Khalil Barayd Safiya Ali to perform a nikah to Muhammad Zahir Rashid the Meher be a ring, gold ring and 500 cash. She was right. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, and Estainu, and Estafiru, and Audu bin Lahim in Shururi and Fusina, and Sayyati Amalina. May Yahdihillahu Falamu Villahu, and may Yudlilhu Falahadiyala. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَرْسَلَهُ بِالْحَقِّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ السَّاعَةِ مَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ رَشَدَ وَمَنْ يَعْصِهِمَا فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَضُرُّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهُ وَلَا يَضُرُّ اللَّهُ شَيْئًا أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقال فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني ونسأل الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ممن يطيعه ويطيع رسوله ويتبع رضوانه ويجتنب سخطه فإنما نحن به ولاه. محمد زهير رشيد. Do you accept Safiya Ali in your nikah? The mehr bin two thousand ring. Sorry, ring, gold ring and mehr of five hundred cash. Accept me. Repeat after me. Nikah tuha, waqabil tuha, fatazawaj tuha. Alhamdulillah. Insha Allah. Repeat our sunnah salah.